Stu Does America. <laughs> Alert! Alert! It's Fire Safety Month here at Stu Does America. We've got our fire safety helmet ready to go for you. And of course, we've got our fancy vest. That's right. We've got a vest ready to go. And what does it have on it? Well, it has this. This, and I know you're going to say, hey, what is that, Stu? I, I don't have any idea what it is. Um, and, and I will tell you, uh, it's not a door handle. Uh, it's not, I promise you. It is a, uh, a fire alarm. And you shouldn't pull it when you want to go out a door. And I'm just fascinated that anyone could possibly believe this excuse. Let's go through this real quick if you haven't seen the details, and then we'll get into the ridiculous reactions, which are just so much freaking fun. Uh, here is uh, Representative Bowman uh, pulling the fire alarm, <laughs> uh, obviously to delay a vote. But he's saying, of course, it was not that. Now, if you look closely, could you possibly have made any mistakes here? I mean, it's got an emergency exit sign. It's got a sign on the actual door and it's got a fire alarm. And when you look closer here on this image, uh, you can see the fire alarm. It says fire. It says in case of fire, pull down every single person who's ever been in a building knows what this, of course, is, especially someone who used to be a high school uh, principal. The fact that he's trying to use this as some sort of excuse, I didn't know, I thought I was going to open the door, is so completely ridiculous. Now, the New York Post took joy in this particular moment. Does this look like a door handle? And here's the thing. No, it does not. Now, when he was caught pulling the door handle, the, uh, the House uh, major- uh, minority decided to release a statement. Here's what they said. Are you concerned about the accusation that Congressman Jamal Bowman is accused of pulling a fire alarm in a congressional office building? And what are the next steps here? I haven't seen the video. Until I see the video, I'll have no further comment. Wow, that was really good. (laughs) Um, Well, you've seen the video. Now what? I guess we have to wait for the representative himself, Jamal Bowman, to make a uh, statement. And here's what he said. He says, I want to... um, personally clear up confusion surrounding today's events. The days I was rushing to make a vote. I came to a door that is usually open for votes, but today would not open. I am embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm mistakenly thinking it would open the door. (laughs) I regret this sincerely and apologize uh, for any confusion this uh, caused. But I want to be clear, this was not me in any way trying to delay any vote the exact opposite. I was trying to urgently get to a vote, which I ultimately did and join my colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep the government open, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think uh, anyone's going to believe that uh, nonsense. And certainly no one's going to believe, I, like, there's two things here. Either what he's saying, either, well, no, so there's only, there's three possibilities, but only two of them are realistic. One is he just pulled the fire alarm to delay the vote, which of course is probably the true answer. Two is his story is, is accurate. And he was going to, um, uh, to go to rush through a door and just thought, hey, there's a handle. I guess that'll probably open the door and just pulled the handle. And that, of course, set off the alarm. But the third one is, is interesting because I think if number two is true, number three should also be true. And number three is if you're so dumb that you pull a fire alarm to get through a door, you should automatically be ejected from Congress. Like, is there any argument for having one of our representatives that is so stupid that they would do such a thing? Now, 
look, we have representatives like uh, AOC, who we'll hear from in a little bit. We have Hank Johnson, who thought the uh, thought an island would capsize because there's too many troops on one side of it. I mean, we have a lot of really dumb representatives, but it's a new level of dumb if he actually believed that he had uh, to pull a lever to get through a door on a fire alarm. I mean, just nobody does that. Now, of course, falsely pulling a fire alarm is crime. You're not allowed to do that. It's, you know, it's like the uh, lever, it's the handle version of shouting fire in a crowded theater. Uh, And uh, the District of Columbia, of course, has a law on this, including imprisonment for not more than six months for doing this. Now, this is probably why we're getting all these crazy excuses from Bowman, because it's one thing, I mean, you'd think, just own it. We all knew what you were doing. I mean, you know, representatives do crap like this all the time. You see when, you know, sometimes in other states when they can't get a quorum, a bunch of the representatives just leave the state and they, and they try to delay. I mean, they'll go to any lengths to get what they want when it comes to free money or free giveaways to their constituents. So it wouldn't be surprising that he would do this. The problem is if he actually admits it, then he might have to go to jail for six months. And that is probably not something he wants to do. And, you know, you know you're having a bad day when you're being dunked on multiple times by George Santos, who tweeted uh, the picture, a classic picture of Jim at the office opening a door. Well, just pull the fire alarm and also had uh, this to say as well. Hi, boys and girls. This is Congressman George Santos. This here is a fire alarm. If you lift this part here and pull this down, you trigger an alarm. Don't do it. Stay good, kids. (laughs) I mean... If George Santos is dunking on you, your life is... Pr- Again, this should be an automatic ejection from Congress. We should have a Santos rule. If George Santos is in position to actually make fun of you, you should probably definitely leave Congress. Now, um, Trump has a, a history with Bowman, and he you could see the glee, a little glint of glee in his eyes. And it is a somewhat tough period for the former president uh, when he was able to react about this. And I don't know Bowman at all, but Jamal Bowman, a congressman from New York, did something that was as bad or worse. You look at what's happening to the J6ers and they're putting them in jail for years and years. And this guy pulled an alarm system. And to show you how corrupt they are, he then said when he got caught, he didn't know he was on tape. I mean, I don't know how you can be in the Capitol and not know it, especially after what happened. And he said, oh, he was trying to get into a door. He thought he was opening a door. It was a door two feet away. He thought he was opening a door. It's a red box that says fire alarm on it. He thought he was opening it. This is the crap. And then they let him out because he's a Democrat, radical left lunatic. And he should be prosecuted the same exact way as the J6 people were prosecuted. Hmm. Uh, you know, look, it's not the exact same thing, obviously, but it's still a crime and, 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 and a problem. Um, and, you know, he doesn't maybe know Bowman all that much. Bowman, of course, as all Democrats are, is obsessed with Trump. And uh, he, of course, uh, did this when the Trump mugshot came out.
think I've had enough of the fake laugh. I mean, really, we don't deserve to continue as a nation. Like, we have representatives doing that. Like, honestly, we should just give up. We should unplug the country and, uh, you know, just just go off into the uh, great good night because this is is just, frankly, embarrassing. Uh, He also had this comment to make about Trump. No one in this country is above the law. Except him. Except Jamal. Jamal should be above the law. Ha, 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 ha. I'm sure. Um, the, the defenders were just so fun. I mean, I want to be in the position where you release a ridiculous statement like, I thought I was going through a door and I just pulled the fire alarm. I want someone to take that seriously. Now, if I said that, no one would believe it. Right. They'd, they'd mock me. They'd criticize me. They'd say what a huge problem it was. They would consider, you know, probably say I was trying to commit an insurrection. But when you're Jamal Bowman, they just read the statement and act like it's a clarification of facts. Watch. There was a mention of Jamal Bowman, Congressman um, Jamal Bowman, and the pulling of some sort of fire alarm. And I just want to read for you some of the reporting so you understand what actually went on there. What are we, okay. um, there what were some reports that began to emerge about Representative Bowman, who was um, seen pulling some sort of fire alarm um, in the Cannon House office building earlier today. We got a statement on that. Um, saying Congressman Bowman did not realize he would trigger a building alarm as he was rushing to make an urgent vote. The congressman regrets any um, confusion, just to clarify some things on that, because I know there was um, likely some folks kind of scratching their heads, wondering what it was they were asking um, Speaker McCarthy about. (laughs) They were scratching their heads. So let me give you just his statement without any criticism, without any thought whatsoever. You could see at one point she actually just starts reading it as if they're on her own words. I mean, part of that, we, we read you the statement. You could hear it's word for word. She was just going to read it and then got halfway through and realized it was just a straight out statement. And this went through it as if it was some brilliant clarification of the facts. Now, look, that's pretty bad. But of course, as you might note, AOC is about to be worse. Now, of course, if they just put AOC at the fire alarm and she pulled it and said she thought she was going through a door, everyone would believe her because she's a moron. So everyone would believe, of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. AOC just pulled the wrong lever. Of course she did. She's an idiot. That's what they would have. You you can't put Bowman out there because no one believes it. But honestly, with AOC, I would have bought it in a second. I would have been out here defending her saying, look, this woman can't even tie her own shoes. You expect her to figure out where her door handle is? What do you expect of her? I think we need to hire some people to walk around the building so she doesn't start pulling more fire alarms. Who knows when it could happen? I would totally be on her side here. But here she is attempting to defend Representative Bowman. I'll be honest, uh, it doesn't really make sense to me, his explanation. Have you talked to him? What's going on? I mean, listen, I think if you actually do see some of the photos of the signs, I think there's there's something to be said about the government's about to shut down. There's a vote clock that's going down. The exits that are normally open in that building were suddenly closed. Suddenly. He so pulled a fire alarm? So <laughs> I'm, I'm, what I am here to say is that House administration and U.S. Capitol Police and Jamal Bowman are inactive and he's fully participating in saying there was a misunderstanding. But what I do think is important to raise what? is the fact that Republicans, representatives like Nicole Maliotakis and others, immediately moved to file motions to censure, motions to expel, before there, before there has even been conversations that are, that are finished to even see if there was a misunderstanding here. 
I mean, I had to start writing this down as we was listening to it. Think of think of uttering this sentence for a moment. You're on TV and someone says, hey, I mean, this idiot, I mean, he didn't actually think it was a fire alarm. Obviously, he just wanted to delay the vote. She says, what I'm here to say is that House administration, blah, 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 Representative Bowman, are all active and fully participating. What the hell does that have to do with anything? She, she is so delightfully stupid. And it's so fun to watch that she thinks she should go on TV and continue to expose how dumb she is to the entire nation over and over and over again. It is, mwah, it's chef's kiss. Absolutely. I love it. I, I, people don't like her. I love her. I think she should come out every single day and be on television all the time because you, she can't get through a minute and a half without saying something incredibly stupid. And we should be encouraging that, not discouraging it. So more AOC, please, not, not less. Uh, by the way, um, Bowman came out and released uh, talking points to all the other representatives, which are hilarious. I wish I could read them all to you, but... One of the talking points uh, from Bowman's office uh, to questions about the incident was this, quote, quote, I believe Congressman Bowman, when he says that this was an accident, again, he's he's telling other congressmen what to say about him. This is how Washington works, boys and girls. This is it. I believe Congressman Bowman, when he says this was an accident, Republicans need to instead focus their energy on the Nazi members and their, of their party before anything else. Now, that's a tad offensive to, I don't know everyone, but uh, he now has backed off his own guidance about his own fake apology about his own pulling of a fire alarm. I just became aware that in our messaging guidance, there was inappropriate use of the term Nazi without my consent. The people who work for him working without his consent. I condemn the use of the term Nazi out of its precise definition. It's important to specify the term Nazi to refer to members of the Nazi party and neo-Nazis. The question really is here, how dumb do they think you are? Like they wake up every day and think you're dumb enough to believe this? I mean, that is incredible, isn't it? Do you have, uh, I mean, I feel like you have to at least bring some facts to the debate. You have to try to bring some sensible, logical arguments to a debate. They just think you're like, a, 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 you have the IQ of a mushroom. And you're sitting here just like drooling into your lap and going to lap up whatever nonsense they throw out there. It's really a sad commentary, not only for the media, who also seem to parrot a lot of these things. Uh, Jake Tapper, an exception there, with a, at least a couple of tougher questions. But it's embarrassing that this is how our media deals with this. It's quite clear to everyone what happened here. He wanted to delay the vote. He pulled the fire alarm because he's not an ethical guy. And honestly, like, you watch the video of him on Instagram just laughing at Donald Trump like a child. Do you think he's an ethical guy? Do you think he's some sort of genius? I don't. But he knows he doesn't want to go to jail. He knows he has to lie. But the media should also know they don't have to accept it. And certainly we don't have to accept this level of leadership in Washington. You've probably seen life insurance commercials on TV and thought, ah, sure, I'll look into that, you know after the show, and then if I binge a couple more on Netflix, and a little while after that. 
Well, maybe you should act on life insurance. It's, uh, you should just choose life insurance from Ladder today. Ladder is 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just have to answer a few questions about your health in an application. Nice and easy. Ladder customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 on Trustpilot, which is pretty darn good. They made Forbes' best life insurance 2021 list. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder smart algorithms will work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees. You can cancel any time. Uh, you get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. They make this as easy as possible. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. The rate today an A plus by AM Best. So go to ladderlife.com slash stew today to see if you're instantly approved. L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Check it out today. Don't wait on this one. You know you're supposed to do it. This is supposed to be out of the way a long time ago. Just get it done. Ladderlife.com slash stew. I want to bring in investigative journalist, Blaze TV contributor Steve Baker to the program. Uh, working on how many hours of sleep over the last two days? About uh, 48 hours without sleep. Without sleep. <laughs> I, I, did, I did squeeze out two last night. Oh, that's good. So that was pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Um, last time you were here, we were talking about how you were just about to get access to this video. Oh, oh wait, before we start with that, though, I, 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 I got to hit you up on this because we were talking off the air. I just talked about uh, the fire alarm thing with Jamal Bowman. Right. Um, you know this area. Area of this building. I mean, is there any like any possibility you might be fooled into pulling this fire alarm as a no, door no. no possibility. Not <laughs> not only that, they they have access to those exit doors every day, mm. and they know what the rules are with those doors. And there's signs on those doors that clearly explain to them that you depress the the bar for three seconds, and then 15 seconds later it will release. Right. The magnetic lock will release. And that's true all throughout the entire building, the exit door. As just a security measure. It is. It's part of the fire code for D.C. and that's true of most of the buildings in D.C., but so, especially the Capitol. Uh, AOC was trying to say that they were suddenly closed. Was there some sort of change? In I, the... That I don't know. If there was some sudden reason for those to be locked and closed, I don't know what they would be, but it appears that he's actually holding one of those signs in his hand <laughs> while he's depressing the fire alarm so oh what a disaster okay let me go over to your investigation here uh the january 6th you've been looking into the video last time we talked to you there you were about to come uh in touch with some video that i don't think anybody else has really seen before you were allowed to see some of the internal video from that day uh have you seen that video did that happen we have it uh we have actually been granted access to video that even the defense teams in the various trials have not have had access to up to this point. And no, That's you're incredible. shaking your head yeah. for the right reason. And this is one of the biggest problems and one of the things that we are investigating is why were the, uh, the defense teams given access to 650 cameras worth of video and we got access to over 1700 cameras? That's a, that's a real question. And, and then in addition to that, a lot of these cameras are marked, you know, sensitive and highly sensitive. And we have, look, I, I've been incredibly critical of the GOP through this entire process of not getting access, going back on their promise about access from Speaker McCarthy and then the limited release that was initially given to Tucker and then mm -hmm. myself and a couple of other journalists. And so I've been very critical about that. Been thankful that I've had the access I've had, but I will tell you, we've had some real champions inside 
the House and, and inside the committees that oversee that. And I'll just tell you, without pointing out who it is, I, I actually had this exact phrase said to me this week was that we believe that the public concern overrides the security issues. Mm. Well, that's good. It's good yes. news because, I mean, we certainly do need this information. I mean, I don't need it as much as a criminal defendant needs it. Right. I, I really need that's it. That's exactly right. Um, but, I mean, I would like to know, you know, all, all the details of, of what went on that day. So what is the process like for you to actually get to this video? How do you get it? How do you see it? Are you allowed to keep it? How does this work? No, once we're given access to the video room, there's only three consoles in one of the, off the, the congressional office buildings, and you have to book time in there. There's new rules now and guidelines since before I first got access. When I first got access back in May or June, the, those rules didn't exist, but they are, actually were using us as guinea pigs to establish the rules. Mm. And now journalists uh, at large are being given access to, the, to this video. So under the new rules, we got back in there with a couple of other Blaze contributors as well, a reporter and a video expert. And so we were able to go back in and really hone in on what I had already identified uh, previously for the story that I've been chasing for over a year now. Wow. And then once we found what we were looking for, then it's just a matter of submitting the time codes, the camera numbers, and then waiting for that process for them to be reviewed for those concern, uh, security concerns. And, um, and then eventually they start transferring them to us. And uh, it was like, you know, right down to the wire for us because we really wanted to get this out this week. And we finally got them this weekend. That's amazing. So you're just you're sending them time codes. They then have to do some sort of uh, mythological viewing for security concerns. You get the video, and then are you able to actually utilize it? Will you be able to show us some of this video eventually? Yes. Okay. We do, we do plan on showing uh, kind of a limited release this week. Uh, we're, we're probably going to have a press release out tomorrow, then the full story on Wednesday with screenshots from the videos, and then we'll start putting together a video presentation to show what we've, what we've discovered. Mm. So, uh, is it? Uh, can you give me a little bit of a sense as to what you found? I know you can't give me all the details; you're still finalizing everything. Yeah. But can you give me a little bit of a sense of what, what, what's what's out there? This is this is what I found. I, I was I was te teed up on a on a story. <laughs> to be honest, it was, it was a year ago tomorrow, as a matter mm. of fact, okay. today. And so it's going to be rather serendipitous to have this thing come out on the first anniversary <laughs> of, of my radar going off yeah. on this story. And when that happened, um, I began to investigate a couple of central characters in one of the major trials that took place. And I did not believe their testimonies in the, in the trials. I believed that the evidence would exist eventually or be, we'd be able to find it, that they, you know, and it, it was instinct, body language, you know, just, just well, you, that thing when yeah. you're watching, watching the trial. And I was there in the courthouse watching it and I knew something was wrong. And uh, the instincts, uh, paid off and the video has shown us that it's true that these individuals were coerced most likely by the Department of Justice, probably by FBI agents in what I refer to as a star chamber mm. to put together testimony of events that never happened that day and in fact couldn't have happened by the, vid the video evidence. And, and this video will show that the stuff they said under oath did not actually... That's exactly what it's going to show. Wow. I mean, that's, uh, that's quite a huge story. I mean, you put a year of your life into it, you'd hope that you'd come out with something good, but what's it like to work on a story for an entire year and, and it finally comes through? I was hoping to be able to 
get this off my chest today, but I've got to wait at least another 24 <laughs> hours. I mean, it's, it's uh, Stu, it's been a burden. Yeah. It, it really has. Uh, you know, I've it, I, the knowing that you know something that nobody else knows, and then you start sharing it, and you get you get other people's eyeballs on it, and their mouths hang open, and then you really are getting verification and mm-hmm. uh, validation for what you found, and uh, and here we are, and it's why I can't sleep right now. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I, you know, look, we've all I, the closest I've ever come to any of this intrigue would be like a movie. Um, I, I watched it in movies, but like you're in the middle of this. This is obviously something they wanted to keep private. I mean, like, do you, are you afraid or do you, do you feel that sort of stress and tension from this? I only am afraid because of the um, threatened prosecution that they've, you know, that they've made against me. Right. And I've been, and that's been hanging over me for now over two years, mm-hmm. that particular threat. And I don't think that the, the timing of their renewed threat is coincidental to the release of this story. I, I think that that's, um, well, it would be rather illogical for it not to have, for them, for them to have gone silent for 20 months and then on the verge of the release of this, they, they pop back up again. Right. So um, there, there's that. I don't not fear for my life mm-hmm. because there's too many eyeballs on this, you know. And we have we have all the dead switches set up. You know, we've got plenty of people with this this information, with my notes, the camera numbers. Everything is is, is shared widely, and so it's coming out regardless of what happens to me. Mm. Remind people for people who didn't hear you last time of this prosecution threat because this is something that they've been talking about coming after you for a while for seemingly nothing just uh i was covering january 6th just like uh up to 200 other journalists we have a spreadsheet of between 100 and 200 depending upon you know who's calculating uh journalists independent and mainstream uh photojournalists uh, print journalists etc etc that covered that event and about 100 people went inside the capitol maybe 60 uh, but uh, quite a quite a large number including people like the new york times reporters from the new york times mainstream publications i mean they 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 act as if everyone that was in there was doing something wrong but there's a lot of journalists in there and by the way nobody has a right to enter a a restricted space just because you're a journalist Mm -hmm. now it's true, though, that state, local, and federal is that law enforcement tends to allow journalists a little bit closer access sure. to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so what we're looking at is selective prosecution of people whose voice reflects mm. the other side of the opinion aisle as opposed to the approved uh, narrative. Because nobody that has uh, identified what happened that day as a quote-unquote insurrection has been uh, arrested or charged for their journalistic duties that day. Oh my gosh, uh, Steve, we have one, about one more minute here. Um, uh, and this is something I would expect to see in another country, right? Like this is what I would feel like I would see in, you know, Putin's Russia or something, yeah. right? Like, uh, I mean, does uh, it shake your confidence in, in the country and its future? Uh, utterly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it does, especially because right. it's personally hitting you, but it's, yeah. it's also, you know, the country we all love and we, we want it to be the country that we dream that it is, but it, it seems like a lot of that's falling apart. That's the that's the toughest thing throughout this entire process. Not just what's happening to me personally, but watching these trials and watching how evidence and witness testimony is is manipulated, and how witnesses are, um, quite frankly, being uh, selectively. 
pushed by the FBI before testimony and, you know, witness manipulation is what is happening in these trials. Other than just getting the truth out, the goal here is is what? To get, I mean, obviously to get to the bottom of it, but also maybe to allow some of these defendants that didn't have the, the, yeah. the right to get to this evidence to be able to see it? It would be great if the Department of Justice was about justice rather than just getting a win, because that's all that these trials are about right mm. now. Getting a win, getting a notch in their gun belt, and then for the FBI agents, getting their cash bonuses. Amazing. Uh, Steve Baker, he's an investigative journalist. He's a Blaze TV contributor. Does this story come out on theblaze.com? Is that where yes. we're going to see this? we will see it there. In the, in the next few days, you think? I think it's going to be, uh, we'll have the first release tomorrow and then the big the big version of it on Wednesday. That's the current plan. Wow. Okay. You do not want to miss this. Seriously, make sure to keep it. Refresh the Blaze over and over and over and over and over again until the story pops up. Steve, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple weekends ago, and he's a conservative guy, no fan of Biden's whatsoever. But he said, you know, I think sometimes we make too much out of his age and all the things that happen. And he's like, you know, a lot of stuff I see is basically just Joe Biden acting like a normal old guy. And that can be true. Some of it, I think, does get blown out of proportion just because we see so much of it and it's so, I don't know, constantly alarming. But like, I also think you know, he, our president of the United States shouldn't have moments like just a plain old old guy. He should be one of the sharpest people in our society. Like, that, that's the standard we're supposed to have for president of the United States. Um, and on that note, let me give you the latest edition of Joe Biden just pausing in the middle of nowhere. I hope this experience for the speaker has been one of a personal revelation. I'm not being facetious. No one said you're being facetious. I, uh, um, anyway. That's the end of the state. Like, we didn't, that's just the end. He just stopped there. He went through that and said, I'm not being facetious anyway. Uh, you can hear him breathe. I mean, look. Does that mean the guy shouldn't be president of the United States? Yes, of course it does. Back in a second. Let's say you're moving out of the White House and you need to get a different house. You need to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm just throwing that example out there. If you happen to be a person who needs to get out of the White House immediately, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Now, it's possible. There's a lot of these people who are on realestateagentsitrust.com that are a fan of this show and the Glenn Beck program and Blaze TV. And they might not want to take your business if your name is Biden, largely because the money you'd be putting for the house is probably from some Ukrainian like uh, oligarch or some Chinese terrorist. So... If you happen to be leaving the White House right now, maybe realestateagentsitrust.com isn't the right thing for you. But for everybody else, uh, Glenn founded this company a while ago, and they can help you out buying a new home, selling your home right now. The process is simple. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com, provide them with eh, some basic info. Uh, the team will contact you. They'll make an introduction to the preferred agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service to you. The name kind of says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. 
I want to bring in the chief meteorologist for weatherbell.com, author of The Weaponization of Weather and the Phony Climate War, and host of the American Storm podcast. Among uh, other things. Among other things. Joe Bastardi, thanks so much for coming on. Well, man. I'm down here in Texas, always like uh, stopping by to... Uh, you know, hopefully you don't need combat pay when I get done because <laughs> I generally try to take over the show, but I'm going to try to listen. My son says, Dad, you've got to listen. Mm. Okay, so I'm here. Well, I'm here to listen to you. Uh, you're the expert here, and I feel like we've gone through such a this long road of dealing with all this climate chaos and everyone's freaking out all the time, but every time there's a weather event, we come back to the same answer over and over again. We have to change our lifestyle. We have to cut all of our CO2, stop driving SUVs, all of this. Can you tell me, I mean, we've been talking for a long time now over the years. Has this gotten any better? Are people waking up at all? Well, I hope people are waking up. First of all, let's play devil's advocate. Let's say CO2 is the culprit that it's supposed to be. Sure. Well, the United States has enough foliage to get rid of all the emissions we have. We, we have 229 mm -hmm. billion trees in the United States. Now, ask the average member of Congress, how many trees are there in the United States? How much CO2 does it rid us of? They won't know. No. And then say, how, how, what is our total emission? Our total emissions are 11.3 trillion. In my state of Pennsylvania, I was on the uh, Climate uh, Action Committee. I had to resign. I said, I told the senator that appointed me, I said, this is ridiculous. I said, uh, these, these people don't even know what, how many trees we have in Pennsylvania, for instance. Mm. And I'm a big environmentalist, as a matter of fact. If you really, and I wrote a chapter in my book, I said, okay, let me play devil's advocate. You want to get rid of it, you plant more trees, nuclear power, and we have something else called point of, uh, point of combustion carbon capture now. Yep. Mm -hmm. In other words, you don't have to let it go out. Well, no one even knows about that. Mm. They're all carbon scrubbing and all this other stuff. But the biggest thing is it can't be carbon dioxide. This warmth that you're seeing now is our San Jacinto. And I wish the meteorological community would wake up. San Jacinto, remember, Sam Houston pulled Santa Ana into the trap. Mm. Well, the warming is a trap. You know why? Wow. It can't possibly have occurred this fast because of CO2. It was a combination of cumulative buildup of water vapor over the years since these underwater volcanoes have been going off. Two major El Ninos, 97 and 2015. This El Nino, mm. but what really set it off was that big volcano, underwater volcano last year. And some people go, oh, wait a minute. How many volcanoes are actually going off underneath there? Now, I need to know this stuff, Stu. You know why? Why? Because these hot spots that develop in the ocean affect the weather. They affect, mm. For instance, when we look at certain weather events, okay, if, if, the, if you see a hot spot develop in the ocean, we know there's going to be more precipitation in that area. More precipitation releases heat into the atmosphere. That, in turn, leads to a response. And so you, you saw me at the end of winter say, listen, I think that we're, go, uh, we're going to have a, a big winter this upcoming year. I've told people I think it's going to snow in Texas. You know, we got clients. No, no, I think please. it's going to be opposite next winter. And I'm predicting even next year, I'm predicting a hurricane season from hell. No, no. I think that uh, I think you're going to really see this flip back because the El Nino will come off. There will be cooling in certain areas that will lead to the Atlantic actually becoming hyperactive. This year, you know, it's a little bit busy, but the El Nino is limiting it. And what's fascinating, Stu, and everybody else is the warming if meteorologists would just quit staring at the models and look at the actual weather, the warming is cueing you in as to how the pattern is evolving even further in advance. It's, a, it's actually a gift. And that's kind of your business, right? Like you have to wear a bunch of different hats, but you're advising clients who depend yeah, the, the, on these forecasts. This, this, the reason I'm involved in the climate situation is because 
I've been looking at the weather for 50, 60 years. My dad graduated A&M in 1965. He was a meteorologist. He's the oldest freshman on the A&M campus. So he grew up in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And he said, you can't believe how bad the weather was there. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You're walking uphill both ways barefooted in the snow. <laughs> of course. But then I examined it mm. and I go, wow, we have been pretty boring. Uh, like over the last, you know, when I was in college, the weather was relatively boring. Mm -hmm. And it's boring because if you go, you're going through a colder period, there's less, a little bit less energy available. Now, we have seen a pickup of activity, but we've seen countering activity. You see, folks, what happens is if it warms in one place, the opposite, there's a counter that goes off in another place. But no one will tell you about that. They'll just simply weaponize something. You know, that rainstorm that just occurred in New York City. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was a, a 50 mile area over New York. It mm -hmm. was 50 miles further southeast out to sea. No one would have known about it, right? Oh, it's climate change. And yet you look at the New York City temperatures, they've been below normal. Uh, for, for the period that this storm occurred. Mm. And the second thing is the sea surface temperatures have cooled dramatically around New York. So the idea, oh, well, the ocean's too warm. The ocean is much cooler. The source region in that area for that storm was much cooler. And see, this is what's crazy. They don't even know what they're talking about. For instance, let's say I was advising someone on the other side of the issue. I go, don't, don't bring up New York. First of all, someone can say, what, what about Brooklyn in 1903? They had a Unbelievable flood then, bigger mm -hmm. than this one, okay? Mm -hmm. What about 1955 with the hurricanes Connie and Diane or Tucker did New Jersey in 39 with 14 inches of rain? I could just, right off the top of my head. But I said, why don't you go look at Greece? Because this whole situation in Greece, water was very, very warm and probably contributed to what's going on. But on the other hand, they're going to have a cold <laughs> winter in Gr Greece this year. Right. And I think Italy. And I think we're telling our clients in Europe, it looks like a cold winter there. I have a big de-icing company over there. So they, uh, you know, given the supply, this is what I do, folks. I don't, I, this face is a face for radio. <laughs> so it's not TV over, over here. I mean, don't I go, worry, we're on podcast too. Or <laughs> <so. laughs> well, whatever we're doing over yeah. here. But no, but what, what, I'm, what, what I'm saying is I... You know, my job means that I, I don't get paid if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. right? People don't suffer fools, and the National Weather Service is a darn good organization. You know, though, how they demonize you. I mean, I call that Texas freeze nine days away. In fact, I'm going to be at the uh, Ted Cruz's fundraiser because, uh, uh, you know, it was pretty interesting. The night, five nights before, you, uh, I'm in a restaurant. I get a call from Senator Cruz and uh, Governor Abbott about that. So, well, you're a lot colder than everybody else. Why? Because they had the maps of 1899. You know how the left reacted? They went after Abbott and Cruz and said, why is he consulting with a, with a fringe meteorologist? Why? Because the forecasts that were out <laughs> at the time did not describe what was getting ready to happen. It yeah. was, uh, you know, we, we put out on the, on the Wednesday before the freeze, we put out, the, dear, dear President Biden, this is the equivalent of a Cat 5 hurricane coming to Texas. Mm. You should be establishing supply chains into Texas now. And you saw how bad we got, uh, we got uh, caught off guard down here. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, we, oh, CFAC, I blogged for CFAC. Nine days before Ian, as I mentioned, Governor DeSantis, right? You could see, even though Ian was just some clouds east of Barbados, you can see it in the patterns. You know, I have very old eyes. I'm 68 now, relatively old. And uh, my partner, Joe DeLeo, uh, he's older than me. And we are uh, strong analog 
history, climate-driven forecasters. We certainly use the modeling of today. They're great tools. Sure. But they're not the answers. They're tools to get the answers. And, you know, my father used to say, look, the foundation you stand on today was built yesterday to reach for tomorrow. So you have to know what has happened mm. and what has gotten you here, and then you have a shot at getting to tomorrow, right? All right, we've got about one more minute right, here. Yes, what would you tell uh, the leadership of this country, if they actually were going to listen, uh, what would you tell a, a, an aspiring presidential candidate today? What should we be doing? I would, as far I, as you know, I, I, when President Trump was in there, I wanted to, I, I was making all the overtures. Let me advise you. He should have never fallen into that Dorian trap. I don't know who the heck was talking to him about that. That was just one of the dumbest. I even put it on CFAC. Right. It is a dumb thing. You know, I would get behind the scenes so people could at least see the other side of the issue. I don't want anyone to believe me. You believe your heavenly father, you know, understand the majesty of the atmosphere. In my book, it says the heavens proclaim the glory of God. That's how I look at things. But my goodness, if you're going to sit there and try to commit economic suicide, the least you could do <laughs> is take a look at what's going on on the other side of the issue. The United States is essentially has nothing to do with the amount of carbon dioxide that's being put in the air relative to China. Yeah. And you want to know something, these guys, go bully China. Let's see you stand up to China. If there's, this is such an existential threat, what are you killing your own, what are you, what are you going after your own people and your own economy for? Mm. That's why I don't understand. There's some kind of, what is it, a big guilt complex or something? I think Barack Obama famously said, well, we've got 4% of the population use 25% of the world's wealth. That's not fair. Except the problem is, what do we do with that? And how does the rest of the world benefit? Mm -hmm. And no one, that's what, that's what leftists and zealots love to do. They will tell partial truths. But then right. they will leave it there, and it's up to people to try to, uh, you know, at least expose the other side of the issue. Yeah. Uh, and to your point with China, I mean, they, they passed us in, two, I think it was 2010, for the most emissions. Since then, they've added a whole other America yeah, we, on top of that. They're now double us. Yeah, we, we are, we're, co we're coming down. By the way, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the temperature of the planet where weather stations are is only 0.17 Fahrenheit above normal. There's no way that climate refugees <laughs> can de de detect 0.17 no, Fahrenheit. No, no. I mean, that, it's the amazing. stuff they say and they do, uh, and you know, you got you know, I, I'm over at Penn State, and you know, I try to talk to the average student, and they're like, "Well, whatever, right? Well, whatever is going to get you yeah. in a bad situation." It's going to cost here. you trillions of dollars yeah. uh, as well. We got to leave it there, Joe. All right, brother. Uh, Joe Bastardi, chief meteorologist, weatherbell.com. The weaponization of weather in the phony climate war is his book. Make sure to pick that up, and of course, listen to the American Storm podcast. Joe, thanks so much for coming on. Well, you enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Don't let this stuff get you down. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It what? is too open right now. What? Uh, people coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. <laughs> Racist? And the majority of them seem to be ending up in the streets of New York, and oh. that is a real problem oh. for New York City. 125,000 newly arrived like individuals. A in Texas. And we are being taxed. Now, we are always so proud of the fact that New York has the Statue of Liberty in our harbor. harbor. We, we are great. one of the most diverse places on earth because oh, of wonderful. our welcoming nature and our, it's in our mm. DNA to welcome yeah, immigrants. Known to welcome but people. there has to be some limits in place and Congress has to put more controls at the border and not yeah. in this budget threat shutdown threat. No. Talk about eliminating positions for border patrol when we actually need to double or quadruple those numbers. I was born in New York. We're not known for our welcoming qualities. Uh, by the way, here is uh, the same governor in 2021.
As you know, the Statue of Liberty is inscribed. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled young masses yearning to be free, the wretched refuse to a teeming shore. And that statement encapsulizes our values. Oh, good. We want people to come here, despite where they came from or despite the circumstances that drove them to this country and to this, and to this state. We see, say you are welcome here. So our message to the world is send us your people send us those who need the uh, the cloak of comfort that we can <laughs> the demonstrate as with big hearts <laughs> and open arms, and we'll provide a safe haven. Uh, she might not know much, but she does know where the Statue of Liberty is, and you can't take that away from her. By the way, anyone but Biden, available still, uh, studosmerch.com. Go there. Use the code STU10. Save yourself 10%. The mugs, the shirts, everything else. Anyone but Biden 2024. We'll see you tomorrow.